this bonus episode coming up, you get Micah Brown's uh, story through his, his trials and tribulations, if you will, for the lows and the eventual highs of his military transition and uh, knowing what he could do, um, but also knowing um, that it differed from what he wanted to do. Um, and, and he goes after and explains how he goes after doing what his interests were, what he found an enjoyment out of and what he wanted to do. And uh, the story, um, you know, in and of itself may not be for everyone, but the, but the power you can take away uh, from from finding your interest and in going after it um, is 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 something that uh, that should go told. Uh, so here you go, Michael Brown, crew chief to comedy club manager. All right. Hey, Micah, thanks for, for taking the time out of your evening to join us. Uh, I know you have an amazing uh, story to tell as far as your adversity overcoming your military transition. And I think, uh, you know, what we're really going to highlight tonight is, is finding your true self, finding your interest and in, in kind of uh, going back to who you are and and kind of living the dream so to speak right uh so so please yeah. give us give us an introduction man uh i know so 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 for those you know, listeners out there real quick uh M- micah was a crew chief of mine when i was a commander out in hawaii and uh uh when i heard about where he ended up uh, i was like that's fitting so we'll touch base more of that story <laughs> but uh but yeah micah introduce yourself love love to hear about it What's up, guys? I'm Micah Brown. Uh, I used to be in the Army. I was a black or a 15 Tango Black Hawk crew chief. Um, now I'm a comedy club manager in Plano. You you were you were going home. Yeah. Uh, I know you were dealing with some some medical issues. You were talk to me about yeah. I got uh, med boarded. Yeah, opening a opening a pizza and uh, and donut shop and, 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 <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and uh, going back. I had a bunch of crazy ideas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so yeah. yeah. I mean, well, t- talk us through that. I mean, just walk us through. You know, we'll get into the details on that. I mean, so 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 you're getting out. Uh, okay. Then what? Then what? Yeah, I'm getting out. Um, the year before I got out, I was getting med boarded, and uh, I had a like a friend of a friend who got out and stayed on the island and all my other friends PCS. So I was hanging out with him and we, he was doing music. So we were going to these open mic nights in Hawaii playing music. And that was so much fun. So I finally got out of the army and moved back to Texas with my mom, you know, tail between my legs, so to speak med boarded out of the army and on my, you know, in the middle of a divorce and, uh, you know, all my friends that I had before I joined were married and had kids so they couldn't hang out. So I just started going, going to open mics, trying to find some friends pretty much. And then one night I got got sucked into the comedy side of it and that was just so much more fun a couple of years or the year from then so that was in november 2017 
in November of 2018, I got asked to work the door for T.J. Miller in Dallas because I had rubbed elbows with the right people. People knew that, you know, knew I was prior military and uh, started working there. And then eight months later, they promoted me to manager uh, to this other club. So it was really, you know, like in one sense of it, you know, the joke I tell everybody is like, yeah, man, I started getting drunk at bars and I woke up and I was the manager of this club. <laughs> like that, in some sense, that's kind of how it felt. But I mean, it's really just doing the basic stuff they teach you in the army is so much above and beyond what normal people do. You're going to sh- you shine, you know, just showing up on time dressing up for the job you're doing you're going to shine above uh, your peers you know using using that experience and stuff yeah so so uh, now uh, now now you're a manager at what the the, the hyenas was called it's kind of two clubs hyenas comedy nightclub in plano yeah 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 so what do you uh what, what does that mean like, general manager what's that mean of uh, comedy nightclub? It, it's 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 the dream job I never dreamt of. Like, I didn't even know this was a possibility, but I'm in charge of like a handful of people, like 10 people, you know, some servers, a couple bartenders, some door guys and a cook. And I'm responsible for making sure the show starts and uh, ends on time and we sell drinks and food. But, most of it's just getting paid to watch comedy and getting to hang out with cool comedians. Like, if you're a fan of comedy, we, you know, we get all these cool people coming in, like Greg Fitzsimmons, who's just on Joe Rogan. I hung out with him just before the quarantine thing hit. He was like the weekend right before that, and it's just an awesome job. But uh, I would have never even known it was an option unless I just, you know, tried to, you know, I wasn't trying to get a job at the time. I was just trying to do comedy and explore my passion. Like my parents weren't that happy about it. When I told them I wanted to do that, they were like, what? You get a, you know, but what I told them is like, Hey man, I did six years in the army. I paid my dues. I've got some, you know, I've saved some money. I'm going to check. I'm going to do what I want to do. And it actually turned out pretty good so far. Yeah. So, so, so what did, how did you get from, you know, covering that, that TJ Miller show as a, you know, kind of whatever extra muscle doorman slash, security slash like just extra hands around around the shop to to becoming a, a general manager can you give us some you know like what what caused you to go over the you know get, get you over the top outside of you know just that that basic stuff well i've been unemployed time. for a year around then mm-hmm. but you know i had detox and i was just pretty much bored and you know how stressful being a crew chief can be so I was, you know, show up to the club, you know, 
wash the windows, clean the bathroom. It's pretty boring. So I told the manager like the first weekend, I was like, hey, man, you know, if you want to teach me whatever you don't want to do, I'll do it. I'll clean restrooms. I'm just here to have a good time, you know. I don't really care about the, you know, I didn't really even care about the money. I didn't tell him that. I was like, I'm just here to do something. So I just, you know, started, you know, I was being his second, second-hand man, being reliable, giving the other staff rides if they needed, just trying to, you know, be a good employee. And uh, when it came time to fire this other manager, my name was thrown in the hat. But, yeah, pretty much the first weekend I told him, hey, man, I want, you know, maybe one day I'll be like you. Like, teach me everything yeah. you know. I didn't think well, it was going to be eight months later. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was an apprenticeship. I mean, it's what it was. He he saw yeah. he saw that you know you in action, uh, you know what you were doing. Yeah. You were willing to get your hands dirty, roll up your sleeves, still show up on time. You know, uh, get get provide some leadership. Obviously, if he's putting you in, you know, responsible for for a whole club and, and a staff and all that. So, you know, he saw that. Yeah. He just needed to see it. He probably saw that day one. He needed to see it in action, you know, and then and then not only did he see yeah. it in action, you asked for it, you know. So, um, yeah. you know, I think that I think those are all powerful lessons and powerful points. And then, like you said, I mean, it, it's the ability, I mean, the ability to network, too, you know, like, you know, understand what your interests are and, and then go out there and rub elbows. Yeah. Were they pay? Are they paying me as much as I would get paid to fix helicopters? No. Is it? extremely less stressful and way more fun absolutely yes so it's just being you know money isn't everything i was you know i stand by that like you can have all the money in your bank account and be a very miserable person mm -hmm. <laughs> so i learned the army taught me that yeah. yeah, well, I mean, it, and then you have some freedoms so, too, right? I mean, you you, yeah, you dabble a little comedy on, comedy on the side, you know, and I know... Yeah, you, I'm uh, able to do... I'm able to work at the club, rub shoulders with, you know, professionals in my industry that I want to be a part of, and then also practice comedy on the side too, so it's a great situation. Yeah, and I, I I tell a story when I was in I mean I was in ROTC so this is way at the beginning in my quote unquote military career but uh, I I know a local individual when I was in upstate New York and they they were running the first ever professional or not the first ever but the first one of x amount of years professional boxing show in in, in Albany New York and uh, yeah. I was asked to wrangle up the volunteers you know and. And basically, I was like, well, what does that mean? Well, you're going to work the door. You're going to work, like, seating. I said, well, what about security? You know, we're going to have our own security. So basically, I had, like, the ushers, and I had the door, you know. And yeah. I had, so I had to get people to volunteer to do that. So And I was volunteering to do that. And uh, so so I said, well, I thought about it. I said, oh, well, these people are volunteering because they're fans. Of the, you know, most of them we knew from my father's gym and it's like, they want to go see the fight. We knew some of the local fighters, you know? So it's like, well, I got to take care of these people. They're volunteering. So I got to put them in position yeah. to be able to like do their job, but watch the fight too. Just like you, you got to be able to yeah. manage, manage a club, but you want to sit down and watch a show, you know, like you want to see somebody. Exactly. Laugh. 
So rotate people in and out. You know? Yeah, exactly. So and that's how you take care of people. And so, so I, yeah. I did that, and the show went off without a, you know, without a hitch, and went above and beyond without a hitch. So, so the the lady who ran the show decided to, to pay me, um, first of all, awesome. and then and then she had a consultant there to to, to teach her. Um, and this consultant was a, uh, a heavyweight, you know, professional championship promoter out of Atlantic City. And he saw me in action. I didn't even know he was there. And in the post-fight, uh, you know, celebration, he came up and was like, hey, here's my business card. We want to bring you on the team. You know? And I was like, yeah, well, I got this. Yeah, well, I was like, I got this thing called the Army. I got to leave four in three months. And he's like, <laughs> he's, he said, can you get out of that? You know? And I was like, oh, I can't really yeah. get out of that. You know? But, but, but the point of the story is you just – you never know, like you never know who's watching. You never know who's looking. And, and if you're just, and when you're doing what you enjoy doing with the people you enjoy doing it, then it's not work. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's what I tell the other open micers too, is like right place and right time. You know, that's the magic place you're trying to get to is the right place, right time for that opportunity. But the more places you go to, the more opportunity it's going to be the right time. Like when I was, before I got the job, the first two years I was doing comedy, I was out every night hitting two mics a night, just trying to be funny, trying to get laughs and the work paid off. And, you know, within a year I had a net, like people knew who I was on the scene. And the next year I was working the door, like, you know, uh, just <laughs> if you're just show your face around and you're a good person, generally good stuff will happen. Yeah. No, and that 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 is and, valuable. And give people favors, you know, like give people rides, offer, you know, volunteer. Like that's another some something they teach you in the army as well. Well, and it's it's part of that apprenticeship and part of that mentorship is yeah. is like you can't ask for something and then and then not give something in return, you know. I mean, like I, I read a lot about real estate and and it's like, hey, if you want somebody to teach you, you know, the teach you the the local network, teach you the you know area you're investing in, kind of give you you know the good contractors and all that stuff. Like, what are you going to do them in return? Like, you know, it's kind of an unwritten code, yeah. and it's it's just smart business, you know. Like, it's it's yeah, it's just you know how you how you take care of people. So you know, so so I do I do want to touch on you know the fact that uh, you know we had one of the org days and, and you were. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe had a couple too many, but but you were out there and like I saw yeah. you loose and enjoying yourself and kind of messing with every person walking by the beach down in Hawaii and, and just like having it like not being stupid, just having a good time, you know, like and and when yeah. you when I finally got back on Facebook and saw you're like, hey, I'm a manager of a comedy club, I'm like, this is fitting. <laughs> I, fill me in in the in between because last I talked to you, I was on LinkedIn and and you were like still kind of getting out and and trying to figure it all out. So so can you can you talk about like some of your your lows and highs and and kind of what you you know the more detail of what you went through and fill in that that gap so then you can provide you know, advice outside of, of, you know, follow your interests, yeah. follow your heart. No, it was not, I would, I was at the closest, I would say to being rock bottom. Like it was, I was not in a good place when I got 
back to my mom's house. You know, that's just, you know, no motivation to really do, you know, go out and get another helicopter mechanic job or like anything seriously. My plan was just to get, you know, something at Kroger, like a little job and just quit the first day just to have that like release, you know, like Mm. just to be, just to tell a boss, fuck off, like I'm out of here. You know, like, <laughs> like yeah. but, um, but, you know, music and comedy are both great outlets. You know, you're able to express your frustrations and everything. There's that first year was rough. Like I was drinking every night after, you know, after you get all the bad stuff out, you get, you get, you vent a little bit, you detox, then you can, then I started listening to like uh you ever heard of Jordan Peterson? Mm-hmm. He's a guy he's that guy who tells you to clean your room and Yep. <laughs> you know, fight the dragons and get the gold and all that stuff. That's I that's invaluable I think, is just having someone to tell you, Hey, you know there's there's things out there to do. Go do them. See what happens. Don't don't stay in your in your room and sulk and pout or whatever. So how did you, so how did you figure, I mean, like I said, to me, comedy, I mean, like I was like, Oh, I should have seen that one coming, you know, but, but there was some struggle. uh, And like you said, you wanted to just get a job at Kroger just to tell the man to fuck off. And and so, so, I mean, what, what was your, like, not wanting to go back and, and do, you know, the, the contractor crew chief thing, like, or what, what was yeah. your, you know, what was your thought process? I mean, what, what did you, what was the, the, if you had the devil and the angel on your shoulders, so to speak, what, what was the the one telling you to go do, or this is what you should do, or why aren't you doing this? And, and, and what end up, you know, like I said, I, I, I see music was the outlet and then comedy was the outlet. And then to me, it was just it was yeah. natural. But what, what was there a trigger point that turned you to go like, fuck it, man, I'm just going well, like, to do what I'm interested in. I didn't know. Like it's something comedy and music, something I've always been interested in. But I had no idea that you could make money. Like even, even though it's a little bit of money, I had no idea you could make, you know, do something with it. I didn't know the avenues, you know, and I saw my buddy do it in Hawaii, Scott Jackson. And, you know, within a year of him getting out and playing gigs, you know, playing open mics and then getting gigs, I watched him kind of maneuver the scene in Hawaii. And I was like, Oh, okay. This is doable. You just have to, you just have to know people and rub shoulders and, be good at what you do and have a market, have something to sell somebody, you know, like for music, you need to have like at least an hour of songs. Once you get an hour of songs, you know, you can go to any bar or venue and be like, Hey man, I got an hour. This is the kind of songs I play and they can hire you or not for comedy. Once you figure that out, it's you gotta have 15 minutes of clean material and then you can work in the clubs it's that easy yeah you know as an opener so it's just figuring that stuff out but no one teaches you you can't you can't go to school for it um so you have you have to 
rub shoulders and you know have you know take you know take that experienced guy to the next bar you know and have him you know ask him questions and like you know like yeah. you know what should I be doing you know, you got you got to find mentors like that's the thing with finding mentors yeah yeah uh, no, I agree it's something absolutely. you enjoy doing absolutely you know and it sounds like you know you, you get those direct mentors and you get those indirect mentors you know somebody that that you didn't even realize a yeah. mentor i.e your buddy you're just following around and all of a sudden you're like you know, i'm learning from this dude left and right you know i'm learning yeah. how to you know how to, how to market how, you know how to do my personal brand you know how to how to coordinate set up shows blah 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 all whatever that case is so you know uh, but but tell us a little bit about um you know, like like we talked hit on at the beginning. You know, you you had ideas about running a a, a donut <laughs> shop by morning and a pizza shop by night, and 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 you know, oh, you, yeah. wanted, you wanted that. That was my business plan. I was like, because I don't know, me and in the, when I was in the army, when we'd have those smoke breaks or whatever, we'd always just talk about what we do when we get out, and that was one of the things was a donut pizza shop. Because what's the main ingredient in pizza? It's yeah, dough. Dough. And the main ingredient in donuts is also dough. Mm-hmm. You sell a donut shop's usually open from like five o'clock in the morning to lunchtime, and then pizza shops don't open up until lunchtime to you know midnight probably or ten o'clock whenever they stop selling. So why not just have one business uses the same ingredients for their donuts and their pizza crust, and then you know you just switch over at lunchtime. Lunchtime would be like the twilight hour where you got where you could get stale donuts and fresh pizza. And then I just thought it was a great idea. Yeah, I mean, it, but it's, I'm not it's, a business guy. Well, it is a good idea, but, <laughs> but, but that's so that's what I'm saying. I mean, but also you didn't, but you didn't see yourself in going into comedy, and then all of a sudden it, it became a fit. So yeah. why? So you know why? Well, le- why not start the the donut pizza shop? I mean, what again? What what stopped you from doing that? Well, well, I learned I could just entertain people with the crazy ideas I had instead of actually following through with them. Yeah. <laughs> so. So I've got a whole bunch of jokes that are similar. Like that, it's a business pitch and it's kind of a joke at the same time. I don't know. It's it's very much like my other jokes. But in terms of why, I just don't know the app. You know, I don't know the first thing about opening a business. I'm learning now. That's what I really like about this job I'm doing is I don't have college. This guy's uh, the owner of the club, Randy. It's teaching me how to manage a club with no prior experience, you know, full trust. I'm on the signature card for the bank and everything. And uh, it's he's basically apprenticing me into <laughs> learning how to run a comedy club without ever going to business school. So that's maybe one day I will open that pizza shop. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, so I've got it memorized. So I've pitched it so many times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's legit. I'm like, I mean, I've, I've, I've put the thought into my head since you told me that one day more than once. You know, like, uh, I mean, that that makes sense. You know, like, yeah, that you, you you find a couple 
you know, that one main distributor that gets you low cost and that's like 80% of your ingredient, right? You know, your ingredients right there, you know, you whittle that one down. And I haven't, you, you know, this is for you and the audience. I haven't trademarked this idea. I don't care if anybody rips it off. I just want to live in the world where I can go to one place and get donuts and pizza at the same time. Yeah. So anybody who wants to make that a reality, you're more than welcome. Pizza flavored I'll come manage donuts. the shop. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Pizza flavored donuts. Donut flavored donut pizza. Flavored pizza. Yep. <laughs> we'll go crazy. At noon and midnight, man. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, no. they've got that voodoo pizza. That would be a def, like a definite Portland business. Yeah, or that, Austin. That would work perfect in Yeah, Austin or Portland would be the perfect place for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So I'm glad you remember that. I forgot about that. No, I of course I remember. <laughs> that. I'm like, yeah, but yeah. so so. I mean, what else? I mean, give us some of the some of the some of the other things you considered. Um, you know, and, and again, why you didn't, you know, chase that crew chief job that, that, you know, you could go do and get paid. Like what, what attracted you, um, to, to finally, I guess not, I guess not do that. And then what advice, the uh, way I looked at it, the way I looked at it was, you know, I've got this experience from fixing helicopters. I can go, you know, L3 or. Dying Corp will hire me today if I call them up. Mm -hmm. um, and I've got connections. You know, I've got two really good buddies, two or three really good buddies that are currently working for them. So I've got that fallback plan. Then I've got the GI Bill, and I've got um, what is that? The one in Texas, the, the Texas scholarship. Yeah, the. Uh... What's the name of it? I'm going to have to Google it and yeah. look at it. It's, uh, I want to say, it's, I want to say Hazelwood, the Hazelwood Act. Yeah, the Hazelwood Act. So I can go to the school. They'll pay me to go to school. So I've got that fallback plan. So worst case scenario, how they don't want to hire, or I don't want to, you know. So as soon as I figure out something I want to go to college for, I can do that, you know. To get someone pregnant tomorrow, I can go fix the helicopter. <laughs> but until I figure those out, or until I run out of money, I was just going to go do the, this crazy comedy thing, you know, see how far I could go yeah. before I burn, burnt out and had to do do one of those two things. So it's, yeah. I, I told my, you know, I had to tell my, talk to my parents about it a couple times before they were on board. I think the first joke every comedian tells is, hey, I'm going to do comedy. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the first laugh every comedian gets. But, um, I mean, once you actually get some material together that's funny and you got an audience of people laughing at you, that's, that's, that's when your family starts taking it a little bit more seriously. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like I said, so I'm, you got to do it for you. Yeah, if you can find something you can you want to do by yourself with no with no help. That's the thing you need to do. And and I, see I, how far you can go. 
I think it's awesome. I think it's a powerful message. You know, you, you, you have your, you, you know, your left and right limits, your backstop, so to speak, you have, you know, you yeah. know, you know, you have your GI bill to fall back on, you know, you have, uh, you know, you can go get a job any given point of day and do what you were trained to do, you know, or, or have experience doing, but, but you're chasing that dream, you know, you've, you figured out, you went through yeah. some tough times, but you figured out what you want to do or, or what you enjoy doing. And then, Sounds like to me like you'll do it until it becomes a job, if it ever does become a job, or it might never become a job. And next thing you know, you might be managing your own club or whatever, and and you know, go, or I think that would be a great compromise. Is yeah, managing your own club because I love comedy. Or owning like, your own I, club. Yeah. Yeah, owning my own club would be great. But yeah, because uh, yeah, that would be that would be the dream job, basically. And it, I would have never known it existed or how much fun it would be or how much of a good fit it would be unless they tried it out. Um, yeah. They, yeah. They, don't, they don't tell you about managing comedy clubs at the, was it Soldier for Life? From yeah. Sam, you know? <laughs> like, well, they're trying to sell you on Border Patrol and all this other stuff. There's a lot of things out there you just have to go for. Yeah, so so, so you, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, you're you're taught to move forward, identify your skills, and that's what they want you. Uh, the Border Patrol, Dynacore, like you know, you're good at this. Build a resume to that. Next thing you know, you're just you're following yeah. one step forward at a time, and you're not doing what I recommend is what we're taught in the military, and that's backwards planning from the objective. Well, your objective is is like whatever you define it. It's whatever. It's a happy life. It's a it's a stress-free life. It's a, I want to make X million yeah. dollars, whatever, whatever you want to do. And then you start putting goals that get you there um, towards your interests. You don't have to do what people are telling. You don't have to align with your skill set. Now, now great. Yeah. If it's outside of your complete skills, then you're going to have to make up for that. And that's either networking or going yeah. to back to school and learning your new skills or getting more experience or apprenticeship or whatever you have to do. Um, and I think, I think one thing you highlighted that I didn't cover yet was you said, I, you know, I had saved up money. I had money to fall back on. Um, so, so this yeah. isn't just a, this isn't just a, a divorce, you know, no kids kind of like, Oh, I'm going to be a comedy club. I mean, I, I, we're talking about comedy, but in the bigger picture, like even if you're married with some kids, the point is, is you plan a, tra you plan the military transition properly. You plan for, and Scott Tucker said it on, on one of his, last one of the earlier episodes I had recorded, you plan for the transition and you realize that that transition could take six months, could take three years. I mean, uh, I just had a, had an interview yeah. with Tony riser and he, he traveled, he transitioned once went to contractor job for a few years and then said, I'm done with this. And he went travel the world for three years to like learn himself, yeah. you know, like, cause he, cause he could do that. Cause he saved for that transition. Um, not saved to get to the transition and said, uh Oh, I need a paycheck. What do I do next? So you can be married with 10 kids and still, you know, and if comedy is your thing, still go out and do it. You just have to plan it a little further out. That's all. Yeah. That's the thing is like, it's when you've got other people in your family is just, you know, fighting that worry machine, you know, just like, what if, you know, what if this, what if that, if you got, like, just save up enough money, if you can, for a year, you know, chill out for six months, you know, get get everything moved, 
and then, you know, just ease into it. If you can get, like, a, just a little bit of a cushion and not stress out about having a job immediately when you get out and this and that, because, you know, like, everybody comes out of the Army with a varying degree of post-traumatic stress disorder, in my opinion. Like, some people have it really bad, and some people don't, but I would say just about everybody's on the spectrum of that. You know, there's some stuff you're going to have to work through when you get out. And if you can just have a cushion, I mean, it's a, it's a life changer, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in, in the age of COVID-19, I think like more people honestly have to think like that. Like you, you could get out and you could yeah. not find the job or you could get a job and then that job be gone in three months, you know, like you, there, yeah. there isn't as much security, especially right now and, and with everything that's going on. So, so you have to have, you know, I, I, what I, again, I'll go, I use military terms, but you, you have that pace plan, right? Like this is what I, this is my primary route to get me to my objective well, that that route got cut off, so you jump to your alternate. You know, yeah. you, you know, instead of uh, going to, you know, adapt, a, overcome. Yeah. You know? Well, just just like you, instead of like, oh, well, I couldn't, I I didn't come become the stand up comedian. Well, I did the next best thing, or or maybe it's a, even a yeah. better thing. I'm now, I got my way into the club, and now I'm running the club. You know, so yeah, you know, like I, I'm still involved in the industry and and the topic that i like to do i'm just doing it by by a different course you know well that's the thing too is if you if you are going to try something you know out of left field find a podcast i'm sure there is a podcast of whatever pro wrestling comedy music there's somebody there's a mentor out there that you don't necessarily have to meet you just have to find yep Mm -hmm. and some of the advice I've heard multiple times is like it takes seven years if you're on the fast track before you're paying your bills with jokes. Mm-hmm. And I found a little bit of a shortcut where I'm not paying my bills with jokes, but I'm paying my bills with comedy. And now, and I'm still in that that uh, wheelhouse. So I can still work as an artist, work on my art while paying my bills with something art adjacent, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, 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 yeah. so now with COVID, um, you know, like what, how has that impacted you? I assume the clubs closed down. I mean, what, what does that mean for future employment? And then do you, are you, are you generating other ideas or, or kind of what's, you know, what are you thinking now? Um, yeah, that's interesting. I still do, you know, I've still got savings. So I'm not super worried about, I'm not super worried yet. Like I can pay rent for a couple months before I have to worry. Um, but yeah, getting another job might be out there. My boss really likes me. So he, he told me when he gave me my, the last check, like, you know, don't, don't leave. You know, don't get another job. Um, but uh, I think from what I've heard, like, the, you know, there's going to be a lull. Even, you know, if it gets cleared up next week, it may be a while before people are ready to come out uh, 
in crowds again. Mm-hmm. And I heard somebody, I think it was somebody on Rogan was talking. Is it Greg Fitzsimmons, maybe? I don't know. Somebody he just interviewed was like, you know, they're not going to be, you know, you know, you're not going to be working the clubs. It's going to be all the theater acts are going to go down the levels. And then after they're ready to fill out, fill out theaters again, then these club comedians can come back through. So that could be really awesome if we're getting like Kevin Hart and Dave Chappelle and, you know, all the, you know, uh, what's that dude's name? The redheaded guy. I don't know. All these big acts like that everybody knows. That yep. could be really exciting if we're getting through, getting them through the club. If, yeah. Uh, the numbers are low. Yeah. And the chance, and the chance, you know, that that gives you somebody like you, yeah. you know, more of a chance to to make a name yeah. for yourself. You know, that goes back to my my example of, you know, being that that. Be in the right place and the right time. That heavyweight promoter comes and says, "You know, hey, we want you, want to bring you on, yeah, on our team." You know, like it's all it takes, man. That one that one opportunity. Yeah, but yeah, as long as I'm still learning stuff, I'll stay working at the club. You know, that would be great. That that would be, I'd I'd die happy if I just ended up being a club owner and not a comedian. But um. I really enjoy writing, so we'll see what happens. So, uh, hey, man, I want to want to give you any kind of open mic time to 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 wrap it up here. You know, just uh, I don't know if you you need to plug want to plug the club in case people are in the Dallas Fort Worth area after COVID, or or you know you got a joke to tell, or you got links, or or uh, you know you want to plug any you know, if you got some YouTube videos out there, whatever. I mean, a couple, a couple minutes, four is yours. Uh, any last advice? Yeah, I got some, I got some plugs. Um, yeah, come out, see me at, uh, Hyenas Comedy Nightclub in Plano, Texas. You can go on hyenascomedynightclub.com to get tickets and reservations as soon as this stuff clears up. Hope to be opening doors soon. I'm on another podcast with a comedy club manager and one of our feature performers called The Crowd's Fault, where we just talk about whatever we want to talk about, and sometimes we blame the crowd about it. Yeah. (laughs) It's a podcast for people who don't have time to listen to podcasts and also the people who don't have time to make podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) It's like 15 minutes long. Yeah. Um, You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Micah, M-I-C-A-H, underscore bro, underscore W-N. And, um, you know, the advice I tell everybody, you know, have a cushion, you know, a financial cushion is good. Um, Take some time to just reflect when you get out and then be brave. Or you don't even have to be brave. Just do something you think is interesting. Like, you know, learn, you can still learn something new. Like maybe you want to, you know, the army gives you the skills to rise through the ranks of any organization out there. So just pick something. If you want to be a surfer, go, you know, ask for a job at a surf shop or like be a pro wrestler. Like you can, 
I th- I really believe any half decent soldier can walk into any business and end up running it in six to eight months. Because um, it's just, it just the the skills and the anxieties and the you know the attention to detail they hammer into your head really does pay off in some of these situations. Yeah. I mean, that's perfectly said. Uh, I love that closing, so I don't want to add anything more on top of that. All right. Hey, hey Micah, thanks for, for taking time. Uh, and hopefully the listeners out there really uh, took something from, from a story which I believe is powerful about, you know, finding yourself and your interest and your hearts and dream and, and, and making the best of it, man. Because uh, now, like you said, you're you're down a hole for a little while, but uh, but everything I see is smile, you know, on Facebook, a smile on faces and yeah. jokes and and good times, and, and I enjoy seeing that. Lay up, lay up, lay up, high hole, lock and load. appreciate the bonus episode for us mike a powerful story and thank you for sharing and uh uh, for those out there that's what it's all about um you know finding our way helping each other uh learning from each other finding that interest and being happy in life uh and improving that foxhole for the next person once we get settled into to where we are going so uh yeah please uh take the time if you have any questions jump on uh the view from the skies uh dot uh, weebly.com so you can go ahead and uh, leave me any feedback there go ahead and check out the links to, to the blog and the blog and uh, rate review me an apple podcast you can jump on the company page on either facebook or or linkedin and and uh, just continue to follow us and and you know let's let's get better let's get to the topics let's get to the information that you, the veteran, you, the military transitioner, need, uh, so we can help you out uh, through through the, the next transition because they'll they'll keep coming. Let's leave that foxhole better once again. View from the skies out.